Welcome to another episode of All in San Diego, the podcast that highlights the people and places that make San Diego awesome. This will be a very special episode in the sense that we're breaking down Comic-Con. Didn't expect that from us, did you? In fact, we're, we're, we're going to go so into it, I didn't even invite Sarah because she's not... I walked around Comic-Con with Sarah one time. She didn't overlook, look overwhelmed. She looked scared. She was afraid someone was going to rub their nerd on her and she was huh. going to get a sudden need to watch Dragon Ball Z when she got home. So I, I thought, who would be my ideal co-host for an episode like this? My Comic-Con crew, the same group of friends I go with every single year for, for years and years and years. I will introduce them and we'll dive in. First of all, my gateway nerd friend, Vernon. He's the one I knew first. Uh, Vernon loves Battletech. Robotech. I do that every time, don't I? You hit that in the edit, but it's fine. That's okay. We'll leave it. Battletech, Robotech. Well, all kind of the same. Okay. He loves Robotech. I'm trying to give you guys some, you know. Right out of the gate. All right. He loves Robotech. That's his main thing. And then there's Goot. Goot's big thing is, well, he's a, a passionate Back to the Future fan. Also, all things, but he, he likes all the stuff. He's hard to keep up with at Comic Con. Uh, the original Batman with uh, Michael Keaton, big sure. for you. Yep. You're missing anything? Nope, you're right. I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, master of none when it comes to geekery. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the main Sherpa. If you all of a sudden have a burning need for like a Armadillo Man action figure from 19, like he'll know where to find whatever, whatever, wherever. And then there's Leslie, who once told me, I don't like Studio Ghibli films because I don't understand them. And I believe that to be absolutely true. I will not argue with her for a second on that. Look, don't come for Studio Ghibli. That's not appropriate. <laughs> well, you're not alone. It's all very popular. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. And honestly, this will be shocking to anyone who's listened to me for any period of time. I'm the least Comic-Con-y one here. <laughs> I follow these three around like I used to follow my mom around Kmart when I was a kid. I'm just there to have a good time. I, I don't really know what goes on. I do love pop culture and, and all things Comic-Con, but uh, these guys are going to have more information than me. And I, I think the way to do this is start the podcast for people who have never been to Comic-Con, just the basics, you know, what, what the, what the heck am I expecting? I got my first badge ever. Um, and then we'll, we'll kick it up and talk a little bit about this year. Uh, what do you think is the most important thing a newbie needs to know before they leave the house? Uh, Goot, Dave. Put me right on the spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually the, the first thing that I tell people is ha have a plan and be ready to abandon the plan immediately when you get there. So sure. Um, a lot of times the the rookie move is I'm going to do everything that I want to do. I'm going to go to Hall H and Ballroom 20 and all that stuff. And we can get into what that exactly means. I'm going to see everything I want to see when I want to see it on my own schedule. And that rarely happens at Comic-Con because it's just so big. So I tend to kind of go in with like strong opinions loosely held. I know what I want to do and I'm okay if I don't do any of it. So just, I, I love where yeah. you're at, dude. I would say if it's your very first time at Comic-Con, don't have any plan. Know a couple things. One, um, one, most of the panels, um, the big panels that you, you know, see on TV and stuff like that, you're not going to get into. It's not going to happen. Or you're going to spend all your time in a line. Two, just know that like so many things happen like throughout the weekend that are unexpected, right? You're yep. walking around on the floor and then all of a sudden you're standing next to pick a, pick a celebrity of your choice. You know, maybe, you know, I'm pretty sure we walked past, um, Daniel Radcliffe in a Spider-Man costume one year. So, yes. uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that happen. So if it's your very first time, 
the programming schedule and all that stuff is going to be super overwhelming. Just know that the big panels in Hall H you're probably not going to get into unless you're committed to spending most of your time in a line. That would be one of the things I would say. It's like a, as a newbie, I don't know. What do you think, Leslie? Patience is key. I mean, yeah. my first year, I wanted to do all of the things because I was terrified that I was never going to be able to do it again. And so I wanted to like pack as much in as possible. And I, then I was very tired and realized that that was <laughs> not going to happen. So um, patience with, there's lots of people. There are a lot of cues. There are cues on cues. There are cues to get into cues. Part of the joy of Comic-Con is being around people who love stories as much as you do. And so I would say a little Comic-Con mindfulness is key. So just there's really gems in everything. Cosplayers walking by, people arguing about which spaceship would beat the other spaceship. So There's actually a whole panel about that. A panel about spaceships? Yeah, about which spaceship would win. It's like a tournament. And there's like a panel, there's panelists and they like talk about which spaceship would win in a fight. So yeah. And they bring in like oh. engineers and stuff to actually yep. debate the science fiction reality of yeah. how the enterprise would fare against the millennium Falcon. Right. Oh, wow. Who now? See, to add on to what, what Vernon said about the, the lines and whatnot, one of the things we should have said right in the beginning is you should go downtown. If you've ever wanted to experience Comic-Con right. go, even if you don't have a badge, because yep. it has bled out oh, to yeah. downtown in a way that makes the convention center a secondary experience. A, a lot of the big brands don't want to spend millions of dollars to have a, a booth inside Comic-Con. So they take over the Hard Rock or they take over this restaurant and, and, and they don't just set up there. They put on everything from escape rooms to different experiences. Some of the coolest stuff is outside of the convention center. So go anyways. Even if you just sit at a bar or a, a restaurant outside and people watch, you will have a great experience. Having said that, a lot of the stuff out there does draw very long lines and yep. nothing in the history of Comic-Con has been worth a five hour line outside. Ever. I, I see people spending half of a, a, a hard earned day in line for some, you know, escape room or something. It's like, guys, it's not worth that time. So, yeah. so um, while we're, yeah, cause while we're talking about lines, like to, going back to what you was saying earlier about hall H and the, the big panels there, there will be people lined up for hall H for Saturday in the middle of the day on Thursday. Yeah. Right. And like, their whole like three days of Comic-Con is just standing in that line outside and not actually enjoying the event. So again, first time through, don't worry about that stuff. Let it go. It'll be on YouTube <laughs> later. Unless you, unless you are committed to that being your con experience, which is all good. Cause I think you did that once, Scoot, right? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I've done that. And the, the processes around getting into Hall H and everything else, when we get to like intermediate stuff, there's, there's whole guidebooks to it. But I do think kind of going back to the the lines and the patience and the planning and everything else is really what I know a lot of my friends who've never even been and have lived in San Diego their whole lives is understanding the scale of Comic-Con. Uh -huh. So it's not a comic convention. It's the comic convention. And so it's, it's, you know, especially for local San Diegans, you're like, oh, there's a comic convention going on downtown. No, it's an international affair with people traveling in from all over the world. It's hundreds of thousands of people descending on downtown San Diego, which is part of what makes it awesome. But it's it's also don't underestimate the scale of what's going on downtown during Comic Con. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, and that brings us to one of the least fun things to talk about, but most important, which is how do you get to the actual convention center? Because you mm -hmm. don't want to drive down there thinking you're going to get parking. 
if you're anywhere close, take an Uber. I, I used to work close enough that that was my strategy for years. I just Uber from work and then an Uber back and then drive home. Now that I'm farther away, you can book. There are lots of apps where you can book a parking space in a parking garage. So it's waiting for you <laughs> and it's going to be the best 30 bucks you ever spend or something. That That's the way to go. That, we won't dig deep dive into the apps, but you know, of course, you know, if you live near a trolley station or public transportation, oh. you, you can figure it out. Just don't think you're going to drive down there and park. Yep. So try, um, and for the trolley piece, because Leslie and I have done that a couple times, mm -hmm. usually they'll have a special pass for Comic-Con. Cool. So they'll do like, hey, if you want to buy four days of trolley pass, it's cheaper than doing kind of each individual day pass. So something to look out for when you when you get there, both online, I think it might be on um, the app or whatever, but then also like at the stations themselves, like take a look and they may have some, some special stuff. And sometimes they even have a special pass. It's like Comic-Con themed and, you know, all that jazz for those that are like collectors and love uh, all of the, all the kitsch. There you are. All right. I, I commented on your pro tips. I haven't added my own. I'm going to say bring some kind of sustenance. You, you probably will at some point well, stop snack. for lunch or dinner, but you don't want to be a slave to it. So throw a couple non-melting protein bars or something in your bag yep. um, along with some hand sanitizer because you're going to touch dirty things, old, dirty comic books and gross things uh, that you don't want to transfer to your protein bar and then your mouth. I know, not fun, but. Oh, no, and do a reusable water bottle. The, the convention mm. center has gotten much better about filling stations. They've done they've done a much better on like recycling and things like that, but still highly recommend to make sure you drink water. Right. It's all balance. Last you don't want to be thirsty, but you don't want to have to pee that many times. Those, those lines are weird. <laughs> yeah. Behind Last people's stormtrooper armor. Is yeah. deodorant. Yeah, well. Everyone, please, deodorant. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it is a real thing. People I think mean, that's a bit, yeah, but it is. Not. There are clouds of nerd BO that just come, come at you. By Saturday um, night, like Saturday afternoon, the people that are in the masquerade, they've been in their costumes for like three days. The funk is real. Oh, yeah, you, you come and outside it, of that convention center and you're like, oh, somebody's grilling onions for the hot dogs. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you get a bag when you go in that's got a lot of free stuff in it. Axe body spray or someone should Something team up and get, exactly. in get on that, please. <laughs> and hook us all up. <laughs> but they'll never do it for us. No. All right. Well, there's some good pro tips. And and truly, I swear, to, I, have, I have people all the time telling me, oh, you've been to Comic-Con. I've always wanted to do it, but I, tickets are so hard to get. They're, they're so expensive. And they are both. You really... I promise you. I, I had a roommate once when I was like 21 years old and he was from New Orleans. And I said, oh, I, I, I want to go to Mardi Gras someday. And he said, you don't have to go to Mardi Gras. Just go to New Orleans on any given Friday night. And it's going to be what you think Mardi Gras is like. And I ended up doing that. And he was right. Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing. If you just go downtown during Comic-Con, you're going to have a very Comic-Con experience, in you, whether you ever buy a ticket or not. Yep. It's the best people watching all year round. My the first best. weekend in San Diego was Comic-Con weekend. And my dad and I went downtown to have dinner and I sat next to a Klingon on the trolley. So there it is. Well, <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff for, I know you have a family audience. There's a lot of stuff for kids. It's usually even outside, pretty family friendly. And Sunday is, is kind of considered family day. So I highly recommend taking, if you have kids and they're interested, take them down there. Keep your head on that swivel though. Cause you know, for, uh, you know, I guess. <laughs> An adorable anime character will walk by and then Batman will walk by and then the most horrific movie from some horror Japanese horror movie you've never heard of will walk right at your kid and they'll need therapy for years. There is a, it is a little <laughs> bit of 
that was probably a certain age. There's probably a certain age. Just the perfect beat for. But keep your head on a swivel. Let's not paint a tube for the other picture. I'm childless, you know. But I see a lot of people take their kids, so. Okay. Yes. Well, cool. Well, I, I think that we, we before we we started doing this podcast, we said let's touch on all the the noob stuff for beginners, and then we can get a little deeper in for people that are listening. Like, okay, I go to Comic Con every year. What's happening this year? And and as we're recording this, and probably the person that's following this most closely is is Goo because he's into this kind of stuff. The writer strike, the actor strike, just joined the writer strike. Yep. Everyone's on strike. And we already weren't getting getting Marvel. We already weren't getting. What's going to happen? Is it just going to be the person in the scary Japanese costume standing at a, a panels? Are we going to have anything? I I think it might be. I mean, I, before we hopped on, Leslie said, "Oh no, we're going to have to support independent artists." And I think that's going to be really the the bend of uh, of this. Somebody else, you know, I'm I'm cribbing somebody on Twitter, but like. It's almost exciting because the the number one complaint you get from like people who've been going to Comic Con forever is it's not about the comics anymore. It's not about the comics anymore. This is a year where it could very well be very much about the comics again at Comic Con. So there will there will probably be a pause on promoting of movies. You won't see celebrities there, which tends to be sort of the mainstream appeal of Comic Con. Yeah, but you're gonna see a hopefully a little bit of a in my book a pendulum swing back to comics and creators and. You know, a lot of that that niche stuff that has kind of been pushed aside by mainstream Hollywood, we get a break from that. So depending on your perspective, it could make for a kind of really interesting year. So you're hey. saying the Robotech panel might move out of the nine o'clock slot on Thursday. This could be the There's year. There's a real H, chance yeah. it's moving to Hall H this year. Yes. Well, uh, I, I follow a lot of writers, um, you know, uh, so... I am stoked because I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities to have more interactions, uh, book signings. Like, I, I, you know, I think there's some give and take there. Yeah. Probably not super news for the Comic-Con economy. Probably the Hard Rock yeah. Hotel is not going to get bought out by the at-home space opera writer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. But AJ, if you, if you think the Hard Rock Hotel is giving the money back... Right. That whatever studio is already paid, you must be crazy. Yeah, they'll be fine for this year, right? For sure. Yeah, so so it's gonna it's hard to predict what's gonna be happening this year. So what what do we what do we get into for for pro tips for the novice if we don't have specific panels to check out or things? For, well, I'll give a pro tip. Be open minded about your panels because mm -hmm. you you never know. I mean, the 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 we won't go too into the story, but one time <laughs> these guys dragged me to a Hasbro action figure panel that went south. Uh, because the the He-Man collector figure collectors were very pissed about some goings on with He-Man figures, and it was I was literally telling my friend this the other day. It's the best, my favorite hour at Comic Con was that panel. Hey, Jay, um, I'd be remiss because we just said that I'm a, a Jack of all trades. But He-Man is Mattel. Just, oh, no, I'm it sorry. Mattel. It was the Mattel panel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, street cred. Uh, some nerds were punching their steering wheels with you, going, "Come on, you call us the Comic Con Comic podcast. podcast? Who is very good guy? catch, very good catch." But it had a happy ending. I, long story short, apparently there was some subscription service where you could get a different He-Man figure sent to your house once a month, and I, I guess they were ending it for some reason, and and it, people were so pissed. And you, it was like when you watch the British Parliament, and everyone's just yelling and <laughs> like. Like everyone looks like they're like, <laughs> insane. But then at the very end, 
They unveiled a brand new collectible, uh, not Snake Island. It was, I think it was snake Fing Mountain. Fang Foom or Snake, snake Mountain. Mountain or no, something. No, it was a yeah. new Snake Mountain, which apparently what they, people were very hopeful for because the place went absolutely apeshit. Uh, and so it was the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. You got everything. I, if I had to see on panel, panel on, on video, I'd watch it once a month. It was amazing. Well, oh, actually, Vernon taught me an excellent approach. Like when you're feeling tired or hungry, Vernon, would you share your philosophy of finding oh, yeah. a panel room? Yeah. So, so if you're feeling a little tired, maybe you're ready for a snack, kind of wander around on the second floor in some of the more satellite areas. And just pop into any panel. Those panels are open and, you know, pop a seat, listen in. And actually, there's been a couple of times I've popped into panels like that. And actually, I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I went to one accidentally that was all about, like, hip-hop comics. Like, the crossover between hip-hop and comics. And um, so I, I learned some, some, I found some new creators that I wouldn't have found otherwise uh, if I hadn't just kind of, I was like, ah, you know what? I want to hang out for a little bit and waiting for another panel. Uh, that The other, I would say, related tip to that is if you've got a gap in your schedule and there's a panel you want to go to, go to the panel before mm -hmm. so that you're in the room. Even if you've got to wait in line a little bit for that panel, because the way that uh, most of the panels work, they don't clear the room between panels. So if you're in the room, you're in the room, regardless of what's coming up next. So if you've got something you want to go to, consider sitting in the panel before, you know, depending on, you know, how big it is more in the whole H land, you're going to sit in, you know, three, four, five panels before. Um, and again, like even inside of that, like, you, you know, you're going to be exposed to some stuff that maybe you wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise if you hadn't done that. So, but yeah, that was huge pro tip that I picked up a couple of years ago. And panel wise, Goot and Leslie, you're both creators. Leslie, you're a writer, Goot, you've done your web series, you're a writer as well. I think people picture panels as like, I'm a consumer of media and I'm going to have uh, creators of media tell me about the thing they made. But there's a lot of instructional panels for people who are wanting to do anything from create comic books to, to web series to be, you know, you name the kind of creator, there's somebody doing a panel on it, right? How do you, how do you navigate that space if you're, if that's something you're interested in? I, I can <laughs> speak to sort of like the book panels and things like that. If you just want to hear like publishing news, a lot of the publishers will have like, what's new it? you know, Penguin Random House and like what's new with the tour imprint. And um, those are really good for picking up like new releases and you can kind of see the trends of what um, they anticipate they're going to sell for the year. And so those are interesting just kind of from a publishing point of view, but they're not really engaged with creating content in the same way that the writers panels really talk about process and craft. And so at varying levels. So you kind of can't go in with some any preconceived notions about how, unless it explicitly states it in the description of whether it's going to be a beginner or intermediate or advanced uh, discussion. Um, the nice thing about Comic-Con, because I've been to a lot of writing conferences at other writing conferences, you know, everybody kind of apologizes for writing science fiction, fantasy, comics. And so here that it's already kind of just built into we all this is the sauce. This is this is what we already like. And so um, it does open up um, avenues for a deeper exploration of the topic. So for me, I think I, I grew up going there as a kid and I had a light bulb somewhere in my adult years that, oh, this is a trade show. Like th th they're all selling their wares. And it was almost like a 
a disenchanted kind of moment of, oh, okay, they're just pushing product on me. Having said that, once you kind of accept that that's what it is, it helps you kind of go, okay. Like, I remember the year where DC did New 52. It was mm-hmm. New 52 everywhere. Every panel you went, and I was like, they're just trying to sell me their comic books. It was it was sort of like the shattered glass. But that's what you'll get to Leslie's point. A lot of the the publishers' panels. Once you just go to something, something like a spotlight on an artist or a writer that you like, it's going to get a lot more into what's their story and how do they approach their craft. So I think, again, there's a lot of programming. But if you're going and you go on the Comic-Con org website and you just take the 20 minutes to kind of scroll through the programming, you'll start to get a feel for this is sort of a trade show panel. This is a spotlight panel. This is a craft panel. Like you can start to get it. And their, their site has gotten better year over year about kind of being able to filter on what kind of panel you're going to. So a little yeah. bit of prep goes a long way when it comes and to I... the bevy of panels that there are at Comic-Con. It kind of goes back to something that we were about to say something important about, and then I took a hard right turn into the Mattel story. But but, <laughs> but really, uh, about being open-minded, whether it's whether it's panels or whether it's... No. Look, if you're going to Comic-Con, you're probably a geek. And one of the defining characteristics of most geeks is whatever they get into, they get very into very it. Um, so you're, well, you, if you love The Walking Dead, you're probably storming in there going, I want to get this collectible or see this cast member. And, um, and that's all fun. That's why we go. But boy, if you're not keeping your head on a swivel for new things, you're missing a lot of the benefit. I have found more books, comics, shows, web series. I mean, every year I come out of there with three or four new things that I would have, I don't think I would have been turned on to them anywhere on the planet earth other than Comic-Con. So please keep that in mind uh, or you do yourself a disservice if you're just looking for the stuff you already like. Yeah. You know, that's super fun too, but it's only part of part of the experience. Let's kind of thinking about what Bernie was saying about like, if you get a lull in your day, we used to be really good and I think it was good for us, but we'd just split up and go to the different panels. Like Vernon's going to Robotech and I'm going to go check out, I don't know, Marvel Legends or whatever. Now we've gotten a little bit better at, I try to make a point at least at some point in each day, like what panel are you going to? And even if I'm not even remotely interested in it, all right, rather than split up, like I don't want to go to that panel, I'll go with you. I'll sit in on, you know, some NASA panel or some Robotech panel or Leslie loves all of the kind of independent lit stuff. I'll go sit in for a panel and I'll just, I'll learn something. So bringing that kind of sense of curiosity to it too will kind of help you uh, kind of what you're talking about, AJ, find some things that you didn't even know you could be into. That's sort of the another fun aspect of Comic-Con, I think. Yeah, and I, I last year, um, Vernon, we got to go to the Her Universe fashion show. That's right. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Because I had always wanted that was to the go. First time for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never been before either, and we managed to score wristbands to go, and um, it was such a fun show. There's more um, women in fashion creation now than ever before, so it was really fun to see that play out on a like really large scale. And this guy is not what we would call a fashionista. So um, that was <laughs> what very I think much, uh, cutting edge women's fashion. I do right, not think Vernon. Think of Vernon. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. But it was awesome. Right. Like it was. Yeah. It was definitely something that wasn't even on my radar. To Goot's point earlier, right? Leslie was like, "Hey, I kind of want to do this. All right, cool. Let's hop in line and see if we get wristbands." And we got wristbands. We went over. We did it. I had a great time. I would absolutely get mine for wristbands for. The her universe fashion show again this coming year for sure good good to know <laughs> <laughs> apparently Bad. that's happening actor strikes not affecting that one nope anything else we've got four days to cover have we covered everything people need to know to have a maximum 
awesome Comic-Con experience. Yeah, the 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 really big thing that you got to keep in mind at Comic-Con, everyone's first experience at Comic-Con is the hall floor, so the exhibition yep. hall. So yeah. all these panels are happening kind of in the periphery of the convention center, upstairs, Hall H, all that kind of thing. But the main thing that you're going to get smacked in the face with when you first walk into the convention center is the exhibit hall. So that's, and that's a, it's, we do a whole episode on how to kind of navigate the exhibit hall, but that's where you're going to spend a lot of your time. That's where all of the booths are. That's where everything's going on at a super high level, walking in, facing it. Left is Artist Alley. Everything's in the middle. And then all your vendors are on the right. So you can just start at one end and walk the aisles all the way, or you can sort of kind of navigate and figure it out. Again, the Comic-Con website's going to do a lot to help you kind of figure out what is the floor plan? What do I want to go check out? A little bit of planning goes a long way. But the exhibit and hall is a huge part of of the Comic-Con experience. You're right. I mean, we, we literally ended with, for what most people is going to be their big experience the first time they go, which is the convention hall. Uh, look, before I started going with you guys, I, I mostly just did the convention hall, and it's amazing. And that is where you keep that open mind, too. You know, if you walk by the Xbox area and you're like, I don't like video games, you never, maybe there's going to be an artist there that did the art for a video game from some IP license that you love. I, there's just, there's so much stuff everywhere that, you know, it doesn't, you can do the walk the whole convention hall in a couple of, an hour and a half, probably. And if, if there is some upside to all the shenanigans this year with the, the actors, it probably is, everything's going to move because, like, we talk about celebrity sightings, it's on a massive scale at Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wh why, why is the crowd slowing down? Oh, the whole cast of Game of Thrones is walking through together. Yeah. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, that's, yeah. Honestly, that stuff happens all day, every day. And it's, it's a traffic jam. Yeah. It is amazing, but it causes a lot of the traffic jams. There will sadly and happily probably be a lot less of that this year. Well, and I think too, Leslie, you mentioned at the top, I think the mindfulness approach to Comic-Con. So mm -hmm. I, I, I would emphasize that, especially on the exhibit hall floor. If you're on the, that floor on a Saturday, Friday, when it's packed, I'm an extrovert. And even I start to kind of wig out a little bit because I'm just getting bumped the whole time. So you just have to take that deep breath and kind of go, we're all in this together. It will be crowded. You'll get to where you're going. Be the be the happy person at Comic-Con, not the angry person at Comic-Con because there's there's already enough angry people at Comic-Con. That, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great final tip. Uh, the big thing is have a great time. And, and uh, hopefully some of our tips helped. Someone said along the way that it's the, I, Vernon said, he was talking about his dad and him going downtown. I, you mentioned it being the best people watching in the world. Yep. And I think it is, but not because you get to point at the person in the Chewbacca costume and the person in the Princess Leia costume and laugh at them. It's because you get to see those people who normally couldn't wear those costumes proudly in public, having a great freaking time. And yep. Comic-Con is thousands of people coming from literally all over the world who just love their stuff, who get to love their stuff with other people who just love their stuff. And to me, that's my favorite thing about it. But better than any panel I've been to, uh, better even than the Mattel panel, which I hold close to my heart. Um, <laughs> it really is. It, it, it's just, you know, people that don't get to celebrate. The, the people that celebrate the things they love privately get to do it all together publicly for four days. Yeah. And and that's why I love awesome. watching the crowd and being part of the crowd at Comic-Con. Couldn't have said it better. Yep. Concur. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's end this then. <laughs> See you guys at Comic-Con. Here you go.